Hi there, thanks so much for joining me today. Today, the title of my message is The Fasted Life. God's so good. He's so in love with us. Let's just acknowledge Jesus because he said when we gathered in his name, he'd be here. And he really is. He's listening. He's watching. Um, Chronicles says that his eyes roam to and fro throughout the earth, looking to someone he can show himself strong to. We start talking about him, we got his attention. We start thinking about him, we got his attention. He is just waiting for us to come to him. So let's acknowledge him. Jesus, thank you so much for being here. We thank you that you would just overtake this time. Just give us your wisdom, your revelation knowledge. Just help your word to sink deep down in our spirit and to start growing. Grow us up to be like you. Help us. We love you and praise you and give you all the glory in your name. Amen. So, he is good and he wants us to know. He wants to know his way of doing and being right so that we can have the things that we need added to us. Matthew 6.33. And someone must need to hear that because I didn't even know I was going to say that. But yeah, that's the truth. Um, We're going to talk about the fasted life. Something that God said to me, and I know I picked it up somewhere else. It was something someone said and then he kept saying it to me. I had so much trouble with my eating. I used to eat to feel good. I used to eat um, because I felt bad and it made me feel better. And, you know, when someone says something to you, my mom always said, and I think her mom said it to her, eat something and you'll feel better. And so I applied that to every area of my life, which I'm sure she didn't mean for me to do. But I actually think that she used food for comfort as well. And you might be someone that does that. And this isn't really even my topic so much, but that's where that um, phrase came from in my life is eat something. I mean, <laughs> the fasted life because I was eating, I was gaining weight, I wasn't feeling good and so much more. I, I just, I used food and um, the enemy used it against me and God was showing it me even that it was my God. But anyway, all that aside for maybe another time. So I started living the fasted life and Daniel fasted three days, I mean three weeks. And um, he, he just ate foods that weren't rich, like fruits and vegetables. And that's what God was calling me to do. And he was teaching me to eat that way, and I felt better, and um, I had more energy, and on and on and on, because I was eating healthy. He was asking me to do writing, and I kept falling asleep because I love sugar. But the sugar in the fruit is good. So anyway, I'm not going to talk about all that. So anyway, it kept me awake. I guess I just get so excited about it because he set me free. He set me free from having to have food. And so anyway, he started asking me to live that life, the fasted life. Instead of going back to the way I ate after the fast was supposedly over, after three weeks or whatever it was, he asked me to live a fasted life, and I was excited to do it. Because, you know, once I start fasting, I'm always like, I hate food. I don't want to eat. I feel so good this way. I don't feel bogged down. I don't feel controlled. I have so much energy. Fasting can be a really fun thing. I like to fast. Anyway, the fasted life is just eating healthy. I want to say I'm going to turn 61 this year. I'm not on blood pressure medication. I don't have health problems. 
And I just give the glory to God because, you know, he made provision from the beginning. And here I'm still on this topic, but he made provision from the beginning in the garden. He said, I made this for you to eat these fruits and these vegetables. And um, Genesis 2.9. And so anyway, he started lately talking to me about the life that I've been living. And he named it the fasted life. And he started correlating it with um, the narrow path. When we live on the narrow path, we're really living a fasted life. And we talked a little bit about that yesterday, or maybe a lot more. But it's a life where you pull away from the world, where you get you get on the narrow path, and just like when you don't eat the wrong foods anymore that can make you sick, um, the world living their way can make you sick. And so he he's calling us to a fasted life, to live on that narrow path and live according to his kingdom principles, really actually living in heaven on the earth, living blessed. You know, um, sometimes we look at that narrow path with a wrong idea that it's a dark, lonely path. And maybe at first it is, and um, it's not really lonely. You know, I remember one person a while back telling me how lonely uh, she was. And I thought, how can you be lonely when you have Jesus? And, you know, I get it, but at the same time, when I get around other people that aren't on the narrow path, it's a struggle. It's not so much fun. I'd rather not be with that kind of person. So it's not really such a lonely place as much as it's a place where you resist the enemy. And um, resisting him in, you know, like eating the bad food, like, you know, doing all the things that pull you back into the world and give you those bad results. On the narrow path, you don't have to be sick. You don't have to be broke. Um, you, don't have to, you don't have to live the way people live in the world. You, you can live blessed. I remember so many times where I never even asked God to do anything, and he did it. Um, once he showed me that he removed a cyst from my ovary and I didn't even know what was going on until afterwards. He's so cool. Um, one time the third kidney stone I passed, I didn't have any pain with it. He took the pain away, but I knew I was passing the kidney stone cause I had blood in my urine and he told me, but you know, the narrow path is a path also, I want to say of protection. Psalm 91 says, those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High. When you're in the narrow path, you are protected. And he said, um, no foe can withstand him, to finish my sentence. But on the narrow path, is a, it's a path of protection. It's a path of guidance. It's a path that leads to eternal life. It's a path where you live in heaven on the earth. And yeah, the enemy comes with, you know, the Amplified Bible reads it as pressure on that narrow path. And the enemy comes with pressure. He's trying to get you off of that path. And so the beginning of that path can seem kind of tough. And um, it, it can feel like a lot of pressure. But all you got to do is stop it. All you got to do is stop it by resisting. Submit to God, resist the enemy, and he will flee. Submit to God, James. 4-7, 
That means you just do it his way. You get on that path and you stay there. And you don't give in to your flesh wanting things. You, you don't give in to um, all the distractions, all, all the ploys of the enemy to get you to disobey God. Because really to stay on that path, you have to be in obedience to him. And so walking on that path is a good path to walk on. Walking on that path, you know, you get visions and dreams and you start seeing into the spiritual realm. God actually this morning gave me a glimpse of my future. And I needed that because, you know, the enemy, he is just always trying to toy with us. He's always trying to get us to quit and give up and to look at things the wrong way. And that's what he does. That's where his power is in your thinking. He tries to get, he tries to paint this picture in your mind of a bad thing happening. And you want to just toss that. Corinthians says, take captive every thought and make it line up with the word of God. And that's how you stay on that narrow path. If you're going to be thinking his thoughts, you're going to be on the wide path. You're going to be thinking destruction. You're going to be thinking doom and gloom. You're going to be thinking in ignorance. You know, on on the narrow path is God's revelation knowledge, his wisdom. Uh, On the narrow path is living in I don't know a better way to put it, in heaven, on the earth, living like Jesus lived. And yeah, the persecution comes, but no weapon formed against you can prosper. Yeah, you're going to look peculiar to other people, but it doesn't matter because you know. I was telling you I had a glimpse of my future, and you know where you're going. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And so that's what drives you to keep going because God shows you things. You know, Jesus said, he said, I'm going to tell you things to come. I'm going to remind you the things I said. And, you know, the dream that you have in your heart, the dream that you have in your heart is really what he put on the inside of you. He already knows your desires, your hopes, and your dreams. And, you know, he's looking for a people to serve him, to represent him, to be a witness for him. And his reward is great. He's going to reward you. You know, working for the world, yeah, you get a paycheck. And um, you might even be working a job that you don't like. But living in the kingdom of God and working for God, doing the thing that you love, getting up every day and being excited that you got to get up and you get to do the very thing that you love, that you're not working to make a living. You know, Jesus said, this life isn't about worrying about what you're going to eat, what you're drinking, and what you're going to wear. But there's more important things in life, like, um, you know, the people around you. God, the most important thing to God is his children. And he wants everyone to know him. And he wants them to know that he's good and he's loving and he's kind. He doesn't want to be misunderstood. We talked about that the other day. And, you know, so that's the importance of life, that we put our energy in helping others to know God. And, you know, sometimes it seems like nobody wants to hear it. How long, you know, how long do I got to do this? And you get discouraged because it doesn't seem like it's working. But, you know, then God comes along and gives you these um, glimpses. And you can see that it is working. It is turning out. It is going to happen. It's the enemy who, you know, he's always saying, oh, they're not going to listen anyway. Oh, you're not doing any good. Oh, you know, you might as well forget it. You might as well join them even, you know. He's got all these lies and maybe to some people their temptations. But, 
you know, once you have a lot of stuff under your belt, like once, you know, God did this for me, God did that for me, um, you look around your house and you know God gave you this and God gave you that, and you didn't have to go work at a job that you didn't like to get it. Once you have all that experience with God, it's not easy for the enemy to get you to quit and give up. You're going to be on that narrow path. And, you know, there's even times when you're on that narrow path where it just seems like, wow, you know, this is a long season where nothing seems to be happening. I hear God every day, but still, it just seems like things are so far and few. I don't know if I said that phrase right, but it just seems like, when is this part of my life going to end? And, you know, we have to keep that communication with him. And then he inspires us and he shows us it's a, it's a little, it's a little time. And what's really happening, and sometimes we don't realize it is we're, we're making a choice. You know, in this situation that you're in, in this season in your life, are you choosing God or are you choosing the enemy? Which way are you going? Are you going back and forth? You know, the things that we go through quickly are things we decide to believe. We believed it, and that's it. And, um, you know, you made a decision, you had faith, and you never looked back. But when we look back, when we're undecided, when we're wavering, kind of wondering if God is really going to do something this time, and we have all that, well, first of all, I was going to say that's when it takes longer. But when you have that experience with him, then you just know that there is the light is at the end. At the end of that tunnel that you feel like you might be in, there's there's light. It's going to all turn out, and you got to keep your eyes on Jesus. I was going to read to you um, Matthew 11. It says from verse 12, From the days of John the Baptist to the present time, the kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault, and violent men seize it by force as a precious prize, a share a share in the heaven, heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. It's a fight. It's a fight to keep going. You know, the enemy, he comes with, with you know, the doom and the gloom. He, he wants to harass you and oppress you. But you got to remember in those times, instead of listening to him talk to you, and put you down and try to make it seem like, you know, you're going um, this direction and nothing's ever going to happen. You got to take that authority over him and tell him to shut up. Like Jesus did. He said, get behind me, Satan. You know, he, he just didn't put up with the enemy at all. And that's why things happened for him like that. That's why his authority just showed up right away. He knew who he was. He knows who he is. And he wants us to know that. He wants us to get confident and go ahead and go down that narrow path and know that it's a good path and it's going to bring us to good. It's not doom and gloom. It's not going nowhere. We're going somewhere. You know, and then, you know, sometimes he likes to send people from the world to tell you, you know, like you're crazy and what do you think is really going to happen? And they're rolling your, their eyes at you and trying to make you feel foolish. Don't. Don't feel foolish because you know what? You're going to make it and they're going to be going, wow, I would have never guessed. And then they're going to be following you. After you get that huge breakthrough, they're going to be going, what did you do? How did you get there? What happened? I told you. How did that happen? I told you. God is good. When you do his word, when you believe him and you just press in, then you're going to see the manifestation of the things that you believed. God is good. He 
you know, he was just reminding me this morning that that's another thing I was supposed to say. Don't get disappointed. Don't. Don't. Um, Romans 10. Romans 10, I think it's 11. It's my favorite scripture. You think I would know the number, but I just know what it says. You'll never be disappointed when you trust God. You'll never be disappointed when you trust God. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine never being disappointed? First thing is, and he was mentioning this to me this morning, is that you have to decide you're not going to be disappointed. No, because you know. You know you're God, and you know he's going to come through for you. And all those downcast looks you get from other people and, you know, the enemy painting that doom and gloom picture in your mind, you can resist it. You can look away, and you can think on these things, whatever is good, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report. God's got you. He's got you covered. Your part is to believe, and to believe faith comes by hearing the word. And so you constantly got to be focused on the word of God. Get it in your heart day and night. Just get it in there. Think about it. Talk about it. Watch, you know, watch for that dream. Watch for that suddenly. Watch for God to just do his thing. You know, I had so many things in my life when he just surprised me. I mean, he actually, some of the things he told me what he was going to do, but then when it happens, it's so exciting. And sometimes he doesn't tell you. And it's exciting. So your part is just to believe. Come in, um, be committed to him. Just come in um, agreement with him. That's what I want to say. Come in agreement with him and don't break it. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't get on the wide path. The wide path we read yesterday leads to destruction. So the kingdom of God is taken by force. you got to fight for it. you got to fight to believe, even though you don't see anything. I remember one day um, God said to me to tell my son, he said, stop telling him to stop saying what is. You know, when you live in the kingdom of God, it's a whole different way to live. You don't live like the world lives. You're not connected anymore to them. You're in the world, but you're not of the world because you're living in the kingdom of God on that narrow path. How cool is that? God is so cool. He's so in love with you. And he wants you to live in his kingdom. He wants you to get on that narrow path. And, you know, someone once told me, every time I start, you know, everything gets so hard. And you know what? If you just make that decision, as I said, to just believe no matter how hard it gets, that pressure leaves. You know, Satan's not going to hang around if you just keep believing. If he knows that you're just going to believe and you're not going to quit, you're not going to give up, you're just going to do this thing, then he's going to back off. He is. And so the path, it's a good path, and it's path, well, it says a narrow gate. But there's a path that leads to the gate that leads to eternal life. So I guess I have that in my mind that it's a path. And God showed me once a path where, you know, there's all these different avenues to get off if you want to, and they lead to the wide path. It's a trick. <laughs> so the enemy is a liar, and the things he tells you are tricks to try to get you and um, have a life of destruction end up. And Jeremiah 29, 11, guys, said he has a good plan for our final outcome. It's not good. It's not bad. It's not destruction, but so you got to take the time. John 1, 1 tells us he is his word. So after we say this prayer, I'm going to offer to say a prayer with you to ask Jesus to come live on the inside of you and be your God. And John 1, 1 says he is his word. So you got to put that word in your heart. And when you put it in your heart, it's going to grow and you're going to get to know him. You're going to have revelation knowledge and you're going to want to stay on the narrow path. 
you're going to want to. You're going to have that drive on the inside of you where you will not want to quit. He's so good. He is. He's so good. He's so in love with you. And he's just reaching out to you left, right, and everywhere. If you're paying attention, you're going to see that he has his eye on you because you're his child. He's in love with his children. Just like you love your children, he loves his. So Jesus said he's knocking on the door of your heart, and if you invite him in, he's going to come in, and he's going to dine with you. And so it's God's Spirit that comes and lives on the inside of you. And in John, he explains he's the Holy Spirit, and he's your counselor, your standby. He's going to tell you things to come. He's going to remind you of the things that he said. He's going to be your comforter. Anything you need, he's always there day and night. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He doesn't get quiet. You know, people tell me they don't hear God, and it's because you're ignoring them or you're not seeking, Matthew 7, 7. Keep on seeking, keep on knocking, and the door will be open. If you give good things to your kids, how much more will he give to you? He's in love with you. He's a good father. He is. He's a good father. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you and praise you that you laid down your life for us. You said you could lay it down or pick it up. We thank you that you laid it down for us so that we could be right with the Father, so your spirit could come and live on the inside of us and lead us and guide us and be with us all the time and lead us on that narrow path that leads to eternal life. You're so good, so in love with you. Thank you so much for taking care of us, for being here, for not giving up on us, for reaching out to us. We love you and praise you. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, give you all the glory. He's so good. He has. He's so in love with you. If you said that prayer, you're going to start to know that. If you said that prayer for the first time, he's going to start showing himself to you. He loves you so much. And you, you want to oblige him. You want to do everything he tells you to do. And he's going to start talking to you, manifesting himself to you. John 10, 27 says, my sheep know my voice. So you're going to recognize him. And, and then he said, and they follow me. And um, he leads you to eternal life. So you got to just follow him. Get on the narrow path. Get off the wide path. Stop trying to fit in because you're not going to. You're not going to fit in. You're going to look peculiar. You're going to be hated because he was hated. But the path leads to eternal life. And right here and right now, you get to live in his kingdom, living in heaven right here on the earth. The disciple said, how should we pray? And he said, pray that God's kingdom come on the earth as it is in heaven. Just like when he brought it, he lived in the kingdom of God. He said the kingdom of heaven has come near you. So when we live with him on the inside of us, his way, we're bringing the kingdom of God on the earth. We're paving the way for his return even, which is a whole other subject. So anyway, remember, you just can't do this thing without him. It's taken by force. But the, the, um, the thing is, is that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So when he's in you and he's leading you and he's guiding you, then um, you're going to be able to do it, not by yourself, but with him. Call on him. Come close to him. He cares for you. He said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. So come to him. He's going to take care of you. He loves you. Thanks so much for listening today. God bless you.